Good evening, social media family. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night message. It's a blessing to be with you again on this weekend. Thanking God for allowing us to make it to another week. And we are coming to the end of this series. Is Jesus worth it? Is you? This is the last installment. I'm not going to be belong for you now, but we're going to finish up this tonight and i pray that it's been a blessing to you um share with your friends and family members for those who you feel like you need or maybe you've been blessed through it um but we just thank god for just speaking to us but we started this series with coming from god let me really spoke to me through um song 73 where the song is just talking about how he almost slipped when he talked about the prosperity and the wicked, he was ready to give up. He felt like Jesus wasn't worth it because when he was looking at the prosperity and the wicked and how they were just seemed like they were thriving and he was doing everything that he know knew how to do. And yeah, he wasn't getting anywhere. And he felt like, hey, it's not getting anywhere. But the Bible says when you read down to like verse 16 and 17, it said, but he said, When I when I went in the sanctuary, I understood therein, which means he got a bigger picture. Oh, what's going on? We've been talking about is Jesus work in different aspects of, you know, understanding the thing, the struggles we go to is maybe asking yourself, well, how do I get to this place? How do I get to a place where I'm questioning that is Jesus worthy of my attention, of, you know, my commitment and, you know, all the things that we go through, the trials and tribulations and the struggles. And we've been dealing with that he is worth it. We've been dealing with different aspects of showing you that he is worth it. And but tonight we're going to talk about this is the last part of this is part five. And we're going to talk about your identity and your destiny. So the question is, is Jesus worth it? And the answer is yes, because he gives us our identity and our destiny. He is where you get your identity from. As you come to know him, he is where you get your identity from. And so we're going we're gonna, to um, get into that tonight. Um, so have you ever noticed how human beings ache for identity and destiny? Well, that's something we ache for, whether, whether you realize it or not. You're aching for identity and destiny. Everybody wants to know their purpose. Everybody wants to know who they are and what they're put on this earth to do. We want to know that. And so we, we, try to figure, we try to figure out who we are, who we belong, where we belong, and the purpose of our lives. And so you're trying to discover why you are here. Maybe you're struggling with that um, question. That why am I here? Who am I? Why am I here? Why did God place me here on this earth? But through the name of Jesus, okay, every Christian is given a beautiful identity and a thrilling destiny. And we dealt with the scripture last week, but I want to look at it a little bit more closely. Um, Hebrews chapter three, verse one. 
and I'm reading it from the New Living Translate. It says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. So last week we talked about fixing our thoughts on Jesus, how we focus on something, how when you focus on something, you just don't glance at it one time. You focus on it, you look at it, you analyze it, you begin to dwell on it. It has your undivided attention. And so, but listen to the two or two words we're going to focus on tonight is holy and heavenly. Okay. The heavenly calling. He said he calls us here, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. Okay. So it deals with the question tonight, who, who are you? Well, you, you're holy. You are a holy member of the family of our father. You are holy. Remember, we talked about that, how, okay, how, how are we holy? We are holy because Jesus made us holy. Okay, let me go back. You're not holy because you do holy things, okay? Holiness is a gift, Okay, everything that God gave us is a gift. Your, your righteousness is a gift. Okay, your salvation is a gift. The faith that you have, it's been a gift. Okay, so your holiness is a gift. Okay, so you doing holy things doesn't make you holy because there are people who are unsaved who do holy things. Okay, but what makes you holy is when you accept Jesus Christ as your person, then you become holy. Now, when you believe that you've been made holy by the finished works of Jesus Christ, now you now you begin to walk out the fruit of holiness. So that's your actions. Okay, that's your actions. So you you're not average, mediocre, or unimpressive, but holy because the Holy One shed His holy blood to make you as holy as He is. So you're not average. So don't look at yourself as being average or mediocre or unimpressive because, you know, if you're looking at yourself, if you're looking at you, you just focusing on you because we're all flawed in some way. But if you just begin to identify with Jesus, if you get your identity from him, which in this particular verse, he calls us holy. Okay. You holy by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's what makes you holy. And I know we struggle with that, and because I know some of you saying, "Well, you know what? How can I be holy?" Or even we look at other people who claim to be Christians. Say, well, "How can they be holy? They doing this. They were doing that." Well, they just haven't embraced your identity. They haven't got a revelation of their identity yet. That's possible. They haven't got ready. That's possible. They're not saved. But as believers, some of us haven't got a revelation of who we are. So that's why we're not walking in the fruit of holiness because we don't, we don't haven't believed that we have the root of holiness. And when you believe that you have the root on the inside, that Jesus lives on the inside of you, then you begin to walk it out. But you are not average. Stop looking at yourself as average because what the Holy One lives on the inside of you. So you don't need to be popular or famous or be known by your next door neighbor to be someone special because you are someone to the father in heaven. You are his beloved child. See, maybe you're struggling tonight. You said, well, you know what? I ain't popular. You know, we look at all these people 
who own TV and movies and things and making million dollars, famous people, you know, have a lot of friends. <coughs> Excuse me. But you don't need all that for God. You don't need the whole world to know you. You don't need your whole neighborhood to know you, to know that you are special. Okay, because this verse is therefore, holy brothers and sisters, because you holy brothers and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are holy brothers and sisters in Christ because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, so you're special. You are somebody because you belong to the family of God. And if you haven't accepted you Christ, you per se. I encourage you to do that tonight. All you do is say, Lord, I'm, I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for my sins. I receive you as my Savior. Come into my heart, and I believe what you did on Calvary. And the moment you proclaim that, you're saved. Okay? And you become one of these special ones. You become his beloved child. You become, okay, that person that God adores. You're no longer average or mediocre. Or unimpressive, no matter what nobody says about you, okay? It's what God says about you. So God calls us holy. That's where you get your identity from. You get your identity from Jesus, okay? That's what you get. And then that will lead you to your destiny. We're going to talk about that. So your identity leads you to your destiny. When you know who you are, then you begin to walk out your destiny. Your destiny, you know where you're going. So I want to pick up another verse tonight. This is the last verse tonight we're going to focus on to really bring home our point. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read this from the King James Version. And it says, if ye then be risen with Christ. Notice, look at this time on your identity. You are risen with Christ. Okay? You're risen with him. Seek those things which are above. Remember, we was talking about that last bit. It says, fix your thoughts on. So when you understand your identity, okay, then your identity will cause you to fix your thoughts on things above, and then that will lead you to your destination. So let me finish reading. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Listen to what it says here. Number two, set your affections on things above not on things on the earth. Listen to what it says. Number two, it says, set your affections. What did, what, what did we read in, in Hebrews? He said the same thing, right? It says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Paul wrote Colossians. He says, set your affections on the things above, not on the things that on the earth. See, this is when you get your identity because we, look, we've been, verse one said, we've been risen with Christ. I got my identity in him. Now and I got my identity in him. Now I'm going to set my affections on things above because when I set my affections on things above, it's going to show me how to walk out to my destination, my destiny. I'm just going to show me. He's going to show me what my destiny is. Because maybe you don't know what your destiny is. So, well, hey, as I said, I don't know what I'm causing. I don't know what. Well, you have to, first of all, get your identity first. Find out who you are in Jesus. Begin to read the scriptures and begin to believe what the word of God says about you. 
And then as you do that, then God will begin to speak to you as to your destination. Okay. Therefore, since we are dead to this world and risen with Christ, our focus should be on heavenly things, not earthly things. So you've been, you're dead to the world now. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that you you don't act like you don't live in the world. It just means that you're not, when talking about the world, think about this. It's not talking about the world. It's talking about the world system. You're dead to the world system. You're not caught up in, I use always word, culture of this world. You, you don't have their thinking. You think differently. You're not caught up in the world system, even though we live in it, but you're not, you don't allow yourself to be... Um, transform or being conformed, the word the Bible uses, to the culture of the world. Okay, so our focus should be on everything, not everything. It says the law with this emphasis on actions is one of the things, one of those earthly things that we should no longer occupy us. So the law is talking about the law of Moses. See, the law of Moses focuses on actions. You were righteous if you did right. And we know nobody can be perfect. So you had to keep the whole law. Okay, so it says one of the things it put emphasis on is actions. So I don't want you to put actions, emphasis on actions. Don't get your identity from your actions. Get your identity from Jesus. Okay, don't get your identity from your actions. Get your We no longer occupy on our actions. It says we focus on who we are in Christ and what he has given us. Holiness will follow. So it says if we focus on who we are in Christ and what he has given us, holiness will follow. So notice what I'm saying here. I get my once once I get a revelation of my identity, then my destiny is automatically going to begin to come. Holiness, you're going to begin to walk it out. You're going to begin to walk in your destiny because I focus on who I am in Christ Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. So, therefore, your identity is so important for you to focus on who you are in Christ. It says preoccupation with our earthly position which is talking about our actions of oldness is a sure sign that we are not focused on our heavenly position. This is the sure sign. So if you're preoccupied with your actions, if you're so, well, you know what? I ain't doing this. I ain't doing it. And one of the things that when we struggle in our destiny, we, we struggle with what I'm supposed to be doing. What am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be doing something. And, and God will lead you into the actions that you need to take but you can't be so preoccupied with your earthly position, with your titles or, you know, titles. We love titles. You know, I'm a CEO. I'm, <clears throat> you know, the owner of this. You know, I'm Bishop this or I'm Minister this. We we get focused on these earthly positions and the actions that come behind it. And it says this is a sure sign that you, you you're not focused on your heavenly position. So God wants us to focus on 
our heavenly position. So, number one, get your identity from Christ. But then it says, and we, we also have a destiny. He's talking about share, we share in the heavenly call, calling, which means that God has called you to join him in heaven. And until that day comes to bring a glimpse of heaven, love here on earth. <coughs> Excuse me. So your heavenly calling is to be with Jesus one day. That is the ultimate goal. That's what we get. But also, people should get a glimpse of that love that God has put on the inside of us here on earth. Until you get there, you should be showing people the love of Christ. We're destined. What? That's one eye. That's the main. That's we. We're destined. We've been called to love people into the kingdom. <clears throat> into the kingdom. You don't need to be a pastor or start your own business or launch a nonprofit to fulfill your destiny because your destiny is simply to love others until you see the face of the one who loved you before the creation of the world. So don't get caught up on your titles. You know, what am I doing? Well, you know, because here's the thing about it. The world, they get their identity from external things. They get their identity from external things. And so what happens when those external things are gone? Well, you no longer have the title of your, you know, owner of your own business or, you know, what the founder of a, that nonprofit. What happens if that thing folds? What happens if you no longer can pastor? Whatever the reason may be, through sickness, something, or, you know, or something happens where, hey, you may not be in that position. You know, you're going to lose your identity if your identity is in those titles. But when your identity is in Jesus, you're never going to lose. It doesn't matter where you're pastoring, where you have your own business, whether, you know, you have the titles, whether you're famous, or you're not famous. Well, you have a lot of friends, you don't have a lot of friends. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's just you know who you are in Christ Jesus. I know who I am. And so if if I go through a season where I no longer have things, if I don't no longer have the external things, okay, then my identity doesn't change. Or even if I miss the mark, I don't stop being holy. See, that's strong right there. So I know we struggle with that. But, you know, and we're going to the next, my next series, we, we're going, I'm talking about next week is understanding righteousness. I'm going to go ahead and give you the title, <clears throat> Understanding Righteousness. But just because I missed the mark, okay, doesn't mean I stop being who I am in Christ Jesus. Okay, just because I'm, like I said, if, I'm, if I was a pastor or something and somehow, you know what, maybe that, you know, because in the, in the, uh, what I want to say in the struggle we had, the uh, pandemic, some pastors lost their churches. Okay. Some folded, had to close the doors. But the question is, maybe that's you. You didn't lose your identity. You didn't stop being a pastor. No, you can pastor. You don't need a building to pastor. God may lead you to people who he wants you to minister to and help grow. Okay, but we're called to love people, to love people the same way God loved us before the foundation of the world. We're called to that. 
Okay, and you need to understand that. Okay, so that's your heavenly calling is because you're destined to simply love others until you see the faith of the, of the one who loved you before the creation of the world. We're destined, that's our destiny. Fulfill that destiny. Your destiny is to simply love people. That's every believer's that's destiny. When we have an individual destiny, and as you get in Christ, he's going to show you. But we're called to love the unlovable. <clears throat> and most of all, love one another. So it takes time to set our affections on things above. It takes time. See, now let me, I, I want to pause there because this don't happen overnight. So it says it takes time to set our affections on things above, just like it takes time for concrete to set. But once concrete is set, it is not easily altered. Likewise, our hearts cannot be easily altered from a set state. Therefore, it is imperative that we set our affections on things above. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> so it takes time. I want you to know, don't get discouraged. Okay, it takes time. It says, set your affections on things above. It tells us to fix our thoughts on Jesus. That's that's Hebrews chapter, chapter 3, verse 1. And Colossians, when it says, set your affections on on things above. Okay, it takes time. It's going to take you some time. Just like I love the example of concrete. It takes concrete to set. It takes a while for concrete to set. It may take a week for it to really set. But once it's set, you can't alter it. And it's the same thing with your thoughts and your affections. Once you set them, once they get set, once they're in a set state, you can't alter them. And see, and this is what we want to get to. We want to get to a place where our, we are so focused on Jesus. We are so focused on our identity in him. Okay. That you know what? No, nobody or nothing can deter us. Okay. Can knock us off court. The enemy, of course, he's going to try to knock you off course now. That's his job. He's going to try to get you to abandon your destiny, your destination. He's going to try to get you to, to stop loving people and stop menacing to people and stop witnessing to people. You know, he going, and even when you may not have any success at it, okay, he is going to try to encourage you to quit. This is what it, what it was sort of coming. This is where we begin to question, is Jesus worth it? Because what? He want to get you focused on the external instead of focus on Jesus, which we get our identity from. And when we get our identity set in concrete, like concrete, okay, then we begin to walk in our destiny. Okay. And so therefore you got to set, just like you set, it's imperative that you set your affections on things above. It's, this is extremely important. And uh, we talked about, I think, last week, how did you do that? Well, we, we, we went to Joshua chapter one, where it says, hey, it says meditate on the word day and night. And I, and I, I used the example last week, and I want to use it again. 
if you went to the doctor and the doctor told you if you were sick, you went to the doctor and the doctor told you take these pills three times a day and you'll feel better, then you would do it because why you believe in what the doctor says and you know you believe that hey, if I do what the doctor said, I trust the doctor that they know what they're talking about and I'm going to get well. Well, it's the same. You have to put your trust in Jesus. You have to trust in your identity. That what You have to trust in what he says about you. Okay. And then you have to trust in what his word says, which Joshua says, one says, set, he says, meditate on the word day and night. This is how you set your mind. This is how you set your mind. This is how you fix your thoughts on Jesus. Meditate on the word. And I said, some of us, it's a challenge. And you've like me, I know I came, I, don't, I didn't like to read. I didn't like to read. You know what? And then sometimes, I know when I first started out, I would study, didn't feel like I'm getting anything out of it. You know, hey, I'm just, you know, there was time I would fall asleep trying to study. You know, and, and that's okay. You know, but and if you don't have to study for hours and hours. If you're able to do that, fine. You may not be able to do it for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I know I started out doing maybe five or 10 minutes a day. Maybe on your lunch break. Maybe at night is better for you. Maybe in the morning is better for you. Whatever time is better. But the thing is, meditate on the word day and night. This is what you want to do. And then you begin to allow God to, to build you up in your identity in him. Okay, you find yourself really believing in what the word of God said. You begin to fix your thoughts on You begin to set your, your affections on things above. Okay, and then once your mind is set, or we, we say the same thing like, hey, remember, you know, we just sing a song, my mind is made up. Okay, my mind is made up. I won't turn back. I'm committed. That's when your mind is that when you can declare my mind is made up, won't turn back. Okay, I'm focused. I'm committed. Not gonna turn turn around. Somebody say I've come too far to turn back now. Why? Because they have a set mind. They understand the identity. They've seen what God have done in their life. And so therefore it's just, hey, he is worth it. Okay. He is worth everything. He's worth even through the trouble. Remember, we talked about struggling, you know, struggling and having a hard time. He even through the tough times, you begin to say he is worth it because why? My mind is set like concrete. Can't be altered, cannot be changed, no matter what I'm going through that I'm committed to go with Jesus all the way, all the way. And so you have to understand that, hey, that if you get your identity lined up with Jesus, then you begin to walk in your destiny. The thing that God's called you to do, you, you, he'll begin, as the Bible says, order your steps. Order your steps. Begin to tell you where to go. Tell you what to do. You know, even when you're not doing anything, okay? Because a lot of times, like I said, we get identity from our actions. Even if you're in a season where you're not doing anything, 
You know what? Maybe you don't know what to do right now. Maybe you're just waiting on to hear the Lord speak to you, but you're still who God says you are. You are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You are the apple of his eye. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, even if you're struggling, even if you're having a hard time. All right. Even if you're struggling financially, you are blessed. Okay. Abundantly blessed. Because you read the story of Joseph. Joseph. Joseph was in jail and the Bible calls him prosperous. It calls him prosperous. He was prosperous. He was prosperous in everything he did. No matter where he was, the Bible says God prospered him. Same thing with you. No matter what season you're in right now, you're prosperous. Whether it's a good season, bad season, you're prosperous. That's your identity. And you begin and you begin to walk out what God calls you to do. Why? Because you understand, just like Joseph, even in the midst of a season of struggling, he's worth it. Jesus is worth it because that's who I get my identity. I get my identity in him. And so I thank you for listening. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every ear that's listening. I thank you, God, that those right now who are struggling with their identity, I pray, God, that they will meditate on your word day and night, begin to believe what you said about them, begin to embrace that they are who you said they are. And God, no matter what the enemy has said to them, God, we cast down his words and God, and we uplift your words and we embrace your words. No matter what the circumstances to stand on what your word says, you say that we are more than enough. We are the healed. We are the delivered. We are the prosperous. We are whole in Jesus' name because he is the one that we get our identity from. And God, I pray that you will order their steps now as they begin to embrace their identity, begin to believe what your word says. And God, I pray that you will lead them in the path of righteousness. And we thank you for doing it in their lives. We thank you for just being who you are. And for this, we glorify your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening. We will be back with you again on next week with a new series. And we're going to talk about understanding righteousness. That's what we want to do. Talk about that. We want to really spend some time in that. And I pray that you will be back with me again next week. Once again, we thank you for being with me. And I'm going to say bye-bye and see you next week.